All right, good morning, church family. How's everybody doing today? All right. It's so good to be in the house of the Lord this morning with all of you fine people. Look at your neighbor and just say, you look good this morning. Thank you for taking a shower, brushing your teeth. It was wonderful. I'm so glad you're here. Anyways, we're, we are excited that you're here. If you're a first-time guest with us, I just want to thank you for being here with us. I'm Pastor Tim. I'm the youth pastor here at the church. Thank you so much. If you are a first-time visitor, we would love to get to know who you are. So if you would, there is a first-time guest card in the back of the pew right in front of you. If you just look down a little bit, you should see it. If you would fill one of those out for us and you can drop those off during tithe and offering in our big buckets or you can take it out to the Welcome Center lobby. Uh, we'd love to just know who you are to be able to pray with you, things like that. So thank you so much. And if you're joining us on live stream, thank you so much for joining us on live stream today. We're going to have a great service and we're glad you're with us, but we would love to have you come visit us in person. We'd love to get to see you face to face. So come visit us sometime. We'd love to have you here. All right, I got a few announcements for us. First one is this. Next week we have home groups. How many of you are involved in home groups? Raise your hand. Keep it up real high. Come on now, raise your hand up. Let me see. All right, if the person sitting next to you doesn't have their hand raised, you drag them to home groups next week. You just drag them there. All right, home groups is good. Everybody needs fellowship. Let's do it together. Next Sunday at 9 a.m. up in the loft, we have our marriage class. Uh, if you're married, want to be married, is for you. All right, just make sure you're there. It's going to be good. Strong marriages are the backbone of strong families, and strong families are the backbone of a strong church. So there you go. Do it for the church. Friday, April 7th is going to be our Good Friday uh, time of reflection service. Uh, it's from 4 to 8 p.m. You can come anytime during the 4 to 8 p.m. window. Uh, if you were here last year, it's going to be similar setup. It'll be different, but similar setup where you walk through the different stations. Uh, I just think it's a really powerful time to slow down and kind of really look at what Jesus did for us. So I hope that you can be there. And then Easter service is going to be on April 9th. We will have a miracle service at 7 a.m. Um, with, with Panera Bread after for, for, for me and the people that show up at 7 a.m. Amen, 7 a.m.ers. If you don't want it, we will eat all of it, I promise you. Me and David will take every bit of it to the office, and we'll just have ourselves a time. And then our normal Sunday morning service at 10 a.m. is going to be happening as well. So look forward to all that stuff. Would you guys stand up as we get ready to enter into praise and worship this morning? I think today is going to be a good day. How many of you agree with me? I think it's just going to be a good day. We're in the house of the Lord. God's presence is with us. It's just going to be a good day. If you came in thinking it was going to be a bad day, just put a smile on and just tell yourself it's going to be a good day because the Lord is here and he has given us another day to experience his goodness. Father, we just thank you for your presence here with us today. We pray that as we worship and exalt your son and lift high your name, Father, that your presence would just fill this sanctuary that you would meet every need that's in the house today, Father. If there's a need for healing, Father, we pray that your spirit would just touch bodies today. Bring healing to them, Father. If people need uh, mental health restored, Father, if they're struggling with their mental health, anxiety, Father, we pray that today as we worship and lift high your name, that healing would come, that peace would come, Father. 
God, we thank you for provision, Father, for those that came here with needs, financial needs, Father. We pray that today, by the power of your Spirit, you would move and bring about provision for those needs, Father. God, we thank you that you're a God that cares about us, that you're not distant. You're not off somewhere, not paying attention. You're a God who's very, very close to us. You're very near the brokenhearted, and you are able to rescue. You're willing to rescue, Father. So we just thank you that that's who you are. And, Father, we just want to worship and praise you because that's how good you are. You are worthy of all of our worship, Father. So receive it today in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah. 
come on, tell the Lord today, there is nothing, there nothing, is nothing we want more. Oh, nothing more than you, Jesus. Prophecy, what is prophecy? Prophecy is an inspired word of God delivered to a human being, either by thought or in his spirit, and it's for edification, comfort, and exhortation. And so it's given to men for the purpose to help you and I to fortify our faith. And our Heavenly Father is here today with all good intentions planned for us and towards us. There is only one person in all of the universes, hell, earth, and heaven, can stop the intentions of God and that is you and I. There is no more powerful being in this place today that can either let God loose or keep God bound. Our faith cannot be paralyzed by the enemy or stopped by anybody but us. 
God is calling us to a completeness of his salvation, to experience it all that has been freely given unto us by his son, Christ Jesus, on his cross. We must believe what God says, and we must act on it by faith and put our actions into motion and be people of worship and praise. The Holy Ghost is here to confirm what God has declared to us, to bring it to pass. He's ready to do that and so much more, but we must do our part with completeness of obedience and surrender. It's not much, but it's required. Some are here today discouraged, joyless, weary, backslidden, or on their way to it. Some are here having lost their faith and hope to have it rekindled today. Some are here with condemnations of past wrongs that God has already forgotten about. Some are here confused. Some are here not understanding what's going on. Some are here bound by sickness and even incurable diseases. Some are hopeless. But your Father is here with everything you need for victory to enter in so don't draw back. We are the people of God. We are desperate for his presence. We are desperate for his touch and his help. He inhabits the praises of our people. We can give all and experience all. We can give little and get little. But what measure we give it, we will receive it. We will have every need met in God, our healer, our repairer, our mender. You are the children of God. Come and drink if you're thirsty. Come and eat if you're hungry. God is here, but it's only you that can let him touch you the way he has intended today. So don't be weary. Don't be burdened. Be strengthened and be refreshed. All of us that call him Father. Hallelujah. could ever come close nothing can compare you're our living hope your presence 
I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves where my heart becomes free and my shame is undone your presence Lord Holy Spirit you are welcome here come flood this place and fill the Let us become 
of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your presence.
in that vein for a moment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's just have a word of prayer. Hallelujah. 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 He's worthy to be lifted up. He's worthy to be exalted. You may have had a lot of things happen to you, but I'm here to tell you right now, Jesus is the answer to everything that you come up against. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's just have a word of prayer. Father, God, I just thank you for this heart and this mindset to lift you up. God, I thank you that we are intentional intentional about your goodness and about how much we need you. God, I thank you that as we lift you up, the negativity leaves our mouths and our hearts. I thank you, Father, as we praise you and we exalt you, purity, faith, hope, love is what comes out of us, God. I thank you, Father, that you've given us what we need. That's you, your son, the Holy Ghost. God, I thank you, God, that there's not any problem too big for you. We, we may not understand a lot of things, but we do know this. You will never fail us. You will never leave nor forsake us. So, God, just corporately today, we just come in a mindset with a heart, with an, a, des a desire to just lift you up. We just have a heart and mindset to just focus on you. There's a lot of distractions out there, but we're going to give those to you and just keep promoting you, keep living you for you, keep speaking faith. We're not going to speak doubt. We're going to speak hope. We're going to speak increase. We're going to speak healing. We're going to speak breakthrough, God, because those are the things of you, Lord. Hallelujah. God, I just thank you right now for what you're releasing into the atmosphere. Those people that Pastor talked about, today is a good day to just turn back to him. Today is a good day to say, you know what? I'm just going to speak faith out of my mouth from this moment forward. Today is a good day to just draw a line in the sand and say, Lord, I'm just going to live for you. I'm going to do it your way. It doesn't matter what I think. It doesn't matter what I feel. It doesn't matter what has happened to me in my past. You are greater than anything that has ever come upon me. And today, Lord, we are no longer victims of what we've been through. We are victorious because of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, God, we just thank you today. Hallelujah, we just praise you today. There's nothing wrong with praising God today. 
There's nothing wrong with giving you the praise and honor and glory that you're worthy to receive. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, we just thank you today. You are worthy. We just take this moment to honor you. We give you the praise, the honor, and the glory in Jesus' name. Come on, let everybody say amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You can be seated in the house of the Lord today. Hallelujah. When am I up here to do? Oh, offer it, yeah. <laughs> hallelujah. Man, you just get so caught up in thinking about his goodness. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 9. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians 9, 1. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For us touching the ministry to the saints. Hallelujah. It is superfluous for me to write to you for I know the forwardness of your mind, for which I boast of them, for which I boast of you to them in Macedonia. Thought I kept, my, my iPad keeps skipping. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with me, it keeps skipping. Yeah, that's what I need to do, <laughs> read it behind me. For which I boast of them in Macedonia that Arcadia, Arcadia was ready a year ago, and your zeal have provoked very many. When I was reading this chapter, it talks about giving. And I discovered there's some benefits to giving. And, and, and one of the benefits, and there's many, one of the benefits, it was saying here that, 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 that Paul is, 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 is writing, he's saying, listen, I've been bragging about how much of a giver you are. And, and, and it's, it's been such a blessing that it's caused a zeal to rise up in others. Do you know that as you give, it'll cause others to want to give also? It just becomes contagious. I'm sure you've either experienced or heard about it or seen a video. People in a drive through line, maybe at a coffee shop or something. And when they get to the cash register, it's already been paid for, you know. And then they, they say pay it forward, you know. And then that person pays for it. Let me tell you something. Giving is contagious. That's why the devil doesn't want you to do it. Because he understands, boy, if they get a hold of this, I won't be able to stop them. If I skip down to verse 5, so again, he's been boasted about this. But it says, therefore, I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren that they would go before unto you and make up beforehand your bounty, whereof ye have noticed before that the same might be ready as a matter of bounty, and not as of covetousness. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, but he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he has purpose in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, 
For God loveth a cheerful giver. You know, it is encouraging to know what God loves. When you care about somebody, you want to do the things that make them happy. When you appreciate someone, you want to do the things that put a smile on their face. Well, here the Bible just revealed to us, God loves a cheerful giver. So when we give today, understand, have a joy in your heart. If for no other reason, know that it makes God happy. It puts a smile on his face. See, I never knew, I never understood the power of giving and tithing from that perspective. That every time I step out in faith and do this, God enjoys it. God goes, you know what? I know Brother Dave's only giving that because he trusts me. I know this sister over here or this brother over here is taking faith for them to give today because maybe things are a little tight for them. But they're doing it because they believe in me and they trust me. Man, I think it's a powerful thing to make God smile. I think that's just so awesome. Let me, let me, let me just read this other one and, I, and I'll stop. In verse 8, it says, And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. I want to read that in the Amplified. The Amplified says, and God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing come in abundance to you so that you may always under all circumstances, regardless of the need, have complete sufficiency in everything, being completely self-sufficient in him and have an abundance for every good work and act of charity. I said, so you mean to tell me I can live a life where I always have everything I need in every situation? Well, you know what? That's a promise. That's a guarantee to givers. And so I've just decided today, I'm going to live like that. that. That's just my mindset, that I always have everything I need in every situation, regardless of what it is. It doesn't matter the circumstances. It doesn't matter what the need is, because I'm a giver. I always have everything that I need. You say, man, you only got two cents in your bank account. It doesn't matter. He already told me. I'm not moved by what my bank account says. I'm not moved by what other people say. I got a promise. I got a guarantee. And it is from the Lord himself. So it just doesn't matter. Oh, the uh, uh, unexpected bill came up. I always have everything I need in all situations. And I got stuff left over. You know, I don't, I'm not intimidated by giving. If I see a need, come on, let's meet it. Man, you got a dollar in your pocket. Doesn't matter. By the time I get there, something's going to happen. I'm going to bump into somebody. I'm going to bump into Brother David, and his wallet is just going to fall in my pocket. And the need will get met. We're laughing, but I'm telling you, 
He said, in all situations, you will have all sufficiencies. Saints, that's just who we are. You might as well just get used to it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's pray over your giving. Father, I thank you that giving is a healthy, good, exciting, uplifting topic to talk about. I thank you that our mindsets have changed. I'm not, oh, uh, worried or, you know, negative. I get happy because of what you said is guaranteed to those that give and give according to your will. So, God, I just speak blessing over the people, and I thank you, God, for what you have done. I thank you for the harvest in their lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Bring your offering unto the Lord. In the name of Jesus, I curse this tumor right now. I command it on her throat. I command you in the name of Jesus to come out right now. In the name of Jesus. Now just go ahead and swallow. There you go. Now feel There is no more. No more. God let blessing and length of days in Jesus' name, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, to be normal. I command 
this bone to grow in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Here you go, Mom. Look around here. There you go. Hallelujah. There you go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus. Hallelujah. I command right now the blind. Abre esses olhos. I command you to come. Eu ordeno agora. Jesus Christ. Lose him right now. God gives In the name of Jesus, Spirit of infirmity, I command you right now, I command you in Jesus' name to come out in the name of Jesus. Nome de Jesus. Amém. Faz algo aí que você conseguiu fazer antes. I thought Pastor was coming up here right now. Well, Pastor, you're going to come up and talk about Rio de Janeiro, Brazil? Now or later? Now, okay. Well, I think he's coming, so I guess I'll whet everyone's appetite as he walks up here. So as you know, you all had the opportunity to know we went to Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, February 16th through 24th. We go to Brazil every year during Carnival. This is when not only the city of Brazil, but really the nation of Brazil literally loses its mind. Uh, this is when they sin like never before. And they think they can just repent on Wednesday, Ash Wednesday, and they think it's all going to be better. Uh, and that's truly the way they live their life down there in many, many ways. But uh, we had the privilege of being down there for five nights, and we had amazing miracles take place. You got a chance to see briefly uh, what took place in the services. But um, every night, great miracles were taking place. We saw literally tens of thousands of people being impacted, hundreds of thousands in the streets. Because not only do services in these big church that you just saw, but we literally, they go in the streets, and we're seeing just multiplied thousands come to Christ. Because they're, they're in a dark spot. But you know what? The light shines the brightest when it's the darkest outside. And in Brazil, we saw literally over 12,000 that we can confirm came to Christ. We took the services also on live television, literally all over the entire nation. So uh, it's hard to keep track of how many actually came to Christ when it happens that way. But I would, I would venture to say multiply tens of thousands more came to Christ. Because we can estimate probably between 5 to 10 million people, probably closer to 10, 10 million people actually saw the services there. And I got faith for at least 1% to receive Christ. Has anybody got faith for 1% that, that sees something like this to say a sinner's prayer? I do. I think 1% is probably a very small number. But you know what? That means over 100,000 people came to Christ if 1% of 10 million people said the sinner's prayer. So we just give God praise for it. 
We, uh, Pastor, in that big service, you know, Pastor gravitates towards where the Lord's course directing him, right? So he's kind of gravitating towards the back, and we're getting further and further away from the platform where all the great TV lights are at and all this beautiful cameras are at. So unfortunately, you saw a lot of my back. I apologize. If I knew the camera was on my back, I would have tried to slide out of the way, but it didn't work that way. But one miracle after another. We had a person with muscular dystrophy that literally could not get up, could not move her legs. Her legs were like, were almost like frozen straight. God gave her her mobility back. And then when he prayed for people, you saw a woman with deaf ears. He prayed for several people that had deaf ears. God opened those deaf ears. We had a guy that had eight um, herniated discs in his vertebrae. Now, I've known two or three and four, but you can imagine having eight vertebrae being herniated, how painful that must have been. He was in excruciating pain. That night, God gave him a miracle. He was pain-free. And uh, what you saw with that little girl, again, it was hard with the cameras. It looked so much better at church. I'm telling you, I saw it with my own eyes. Uh, that little girl was crying. The mother was crying. And they were just using her faith for that leg. That leg was probably, I would say, four, maybe five inches short. And as pastor began to pray, the Lord just began to move that leg out. And then you got a chance to see briefly the mother and the daughter embrace afterwards. It was so amazing. The man that jumped up and down like a pogo stick, um, he, had some, he had a problem with his foot where he could not, he could not walk. He was in pain. Uh, pastor asked him to come forward. He stood up. Uh, he was in pain. He prayed a prayer with him, and the pain instantly left his body. When the pain left, he got really excited, as you can say. He, I, I was only like, like, he was jumping about 12 feet in the air, it seemed like. Uh, it was amazing. But that's what we saw. We saw so many notable miracles, uh, blind eyes coming open, deaf ears coming open, tumors disappearing off people's bodies. Uh, I told pastor, next time, pastor, I'm going to try to hope up the, that, that Holy Ghost portal is in the front of the church so we have cameras and lights and everyone to see it with better so I'll do my best next time, church, to see if we can get better TV angles, if that's okay. So anyway, we just wanted to show you a brief glimpse of what God did for us in Brazil. Now, we couldn't do this right without you. Your prayers and your support help us to take this gospel truly all over the world. And uh, we just say thank you for what uh, you've done. I guess I will go ahead and segue. Pastor's still sitting down right now. So uh, we are going to be going to Pakistan. Pastor and I leave tomorrow. Um, you church, you've been such a blessing to us. You give, you've given so strongly. Now, uh, listen, Pakistan is, I think, probably the greatest ministry opportunity I have ever seen in my 28 years of doing this. I've been to 54 nations of the world. We have done crusades with bigger crowds, with a, you know, a million people plus in, in attendance. But to imagine us being not going from house church to house church, you know, touching 10, 12 people at a time, we're going to have 80 to 100,000 people expected to be in front of Pastor Dosik on March the 10th. That's this coming Friday. We're also going to be doing a couple of other miracle services in Lahore, minister to pastors. But, uh, church, I just want to say thank you for what you've helped us accomplish in Pakistan and what you're going to do. I want to show a, a brief video right now uh, that gives just, it's only about a minute and a half, that will just show you what God helped us accomplish in 2022 because of your prayers and your financial support. EJ, please play the video now. Oh, 
It was the same cross. It was the same blood. It was the same lamb. And it was the same victory that he gave us. And God is standing behind his word. Come on, this woman right here can hear now. Can you hear? Can you hear now? Yes, she can hear now. All right, now she. Come on, her deaf ear has opened. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, everybody. That's what God helped us to accomplish in 2022. 218,430 people came to Christ in the second largest Muslim nation of the world. I, I, I sometimes, when I'm on those platforms of pastor, I almost pinch myself to think about, I cannot believe we're standing in front of this many people in this nation. Uh, it takes lots of uh, prayers. <laughs> it takes lots of finances for us to get there. We have to have a couple thousand security forces on the ground to keep everyone safe. But, you know, we're, we're willing to go. The Lord helps us. The Lord keeps us safe. But uh, I want to encourage you again. You've been so great to us in this last um, four visits to Pakistan. We want to go again. What's concerning to me is that it looks like the doors are starting to close in Pakistan. Now, I talk to people in Pakistan on a weekly basis, and the government's becoming more and more anti-American. So we're praying this door stays open for a long time. But I am, I am getting a little concerned the door might be closing. So we're going to go. Again, wheels are up on Monday. And we're going to go back uh, in, in about uh, seven days later. And then we're planning to go back again in October, October 13th, for another massive crusade. And what's, what, what makes Pakistan so unique is this. I mean, when we do crusades around the world, I could give you pretty much idea of numbers based upon how much we invest, how many churches come on board. I've done this for so many years. i got a pretty good idea. But what makes Pakistan so unique is this, is that for, literally for every dollar given, I can put a person, a Muslim, in front of Pastor Dosek. And I just believe if I do that, I believe God's going to do his part, right? But the Holy Spirit, if you saw towards the end of that video, you saw all those hands go up, that was the altar call. Can you imagine seeing 60, 70, 80,000 people come to Christ? Um, I still pinch myself, like I said, when I, when I see that happen. But what makes this crusade so unique is that we still have time. If the Lord touches your heart right now, we, you saw we bring people on buses. And we have to do that because, again, it's for safety purposes. Usually when we do crusades, I want to go into big cities and pull the people into the crusade grounds, get them in front of Pastor Dosek. But with this, because of Pakistan, we really have to bus people to a safe location. And so um, we have a pastor on that bus. So when people come to Christ, not only do we get people saved, I'm a firm believer we got to do the follow-up, right? We want to get them plugged in. We want to get them rooted. We see between 85 and 88% of those people that come to Christ in that crusade during the church that following Sunday. Think about that. So we're seeing literally thousands upon thousands of churches exploding, growing in, in Pakistan. But what makes this crusade, like I say, so unique is that church, for every $100 you give, we can bring a bus full of people. And they will come sitting in seats. They will be sitting on laps. They will be sitting in the aisles of these buses. They will literally be sitting on top of the buses as, we're, as we pass them driving the crusade side. I think, oh, my God, I, I, these roads are crazy. I can only imagine what it must be on that roof. But they come because they're hungry. They're coming because they need hope. They, they don't have hope. They need hope. And, church, we can do this. And I just want to encourage you. Um, uh, we were going to do this last Sunday, so I was going to give you a little preparation. But the Spirit of God, you know, turned the service around. We're moving. People are being touched. It felt very awkward to come up and receive an offering at that point in time. So this is your chance. 
If you can give $100, that's going to help us put 100 people on a bus. If you can give, if you can give $500, that's going to help us put, we're going to bring five buses full of people. $1,000 is 10 buses. $5,000 is, is 50 buses. I don't know what the number. God might just tell you $1. It's fine, too. Whatever God tells you to do, please do it. Uh, again, Pastor and I are willing to go. We're believing God for hundreds of thousands of people to come to Christ, not only in, in March, but also in October. We'll pray we can get there again. But if you just let the Spirit of God touch your heart, pray what the Lord might ask you to do. We're going to receive an offering right now. And, church, all I can say is we're believing God this year. This is mine and Pastor's faith. We're believing God for one million people to come to Christ in meetings we do all over the world. Now, that's a big number. Last year, we saw 868,799 people come to Christ. So we missed our mark by a little over 130,000 people or so. But you know what? I know with God on our side. And, you know, things are getting darker and darker, not just in Pakistan, but all over the world. I believe the harvest is ripe. I believe it's just literally we just got to get on the combine, and we're just going to plow, and it's going to come to us easily. But we can't do it without you. The Apostle Paul said in Philippians 4.17, he was more thankful, not because of the gift that he was receiving from the Philippi church, but because it was going to be added to your account. Think about having hundreds of thousands of people tap you on the shoulder someday from Pakistan saying, John, thank you for helping out. You're going to say, I, I never went to Pakistan. No, but you sent Pastor Dosik to go. And th that's, that's the word picture I want you to understand, that church, it's about eternity. And it's a long flight. It's grueling. It's 40, 45, 50 hours to get there. Same flight on the way back. Pastor and I look at each other, and we wonder what time zone we're in. We kind of, um, you know, just it's, 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 it's taxing. But you know what? We can do it, and with God's help, we can do all things. So I just want to ask you to pray about what the Lord might tell you to do. Uh, the, I'm going to pray. As I pray, the uh, uh, ushers can come and bring the buckets down below, and I just want to say thank you again for what you're doing. We'll, have, we'll make sure we get your report of what God did for us once we get back from Pakistan. So let's pray. Father, I just thank you, God, for everyone at the sound of my voice, those watching also via live stream and social media. Father, I thank you, God, for just moving on people's hearts, God, and for every dollar that's sown. Luke 6, 38 says this way. That, Lord, that as we give, it shall be given back to us, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Father, I thank you for every gift that's given, $1, whatever it might be, $10, $1,000, whatever it might be, Lord God. I ask you to bless it back to the people that are sowing. Lord, they're sowing in faith. And, Lord, your, your word says in Luke 6, 38, it's going to be given back to us, not in the same portion we give, but actually in a greater portion. Father, we thank you for doing that. And, Lord, we just thank you for the opportunity that we have to go and to preach this gospel to so many wonderful people in the nation of Pakistan. I ask you, Lord, to bless the congregation. Go, Lord God, just give them surprises in the mail. Let, let, let surprise checks come. Let bonuses come. Let raises come to them, Lord God, because of their faithfulness to you. And we just give you praise for it in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Let's go ahead and receive an offering for Pakistan. And thank you once again. I do believe pastors are actually going to come right now to the pulpit, I believe. If not, I'm going to bring the microphone down to him. Oh, we need envelopes. Okay, uh, ushers, um, if anyone needs an envelope, there you go. We got, thankfully, we got great people ready to serve. I thought you got you figured how to give the envelopes by now. You can also give electronically as well. That's the way I give. It's a simple way of doing it. Press a few buttons, boom, it's done. But uh, certainly, again, we just want to say thank you. If you do need an envelope, if you want to raise your hand at me, I'll make sure our person will walk one to you if need be. If not, again, thanks for everything, church. Praise God. You know, Eric, the congregation may not know, but, you know, PDM goes to all these countries on its own dollar. Yes, that's right. Uh, not out of the church's dollar, out of PDM's. 
And so we're able to go places that couldn't afford and uh, do not have the resources to put on these crusades to feed the pastors. When we bring pastors in, whether it's in uh, Pakistan or wherever, we're feeding those pastors, we're putting them up, we're taking care of them. And uh, you may not think that's important, but that's what we can do. And if we can do it, then we must do it. And uh, so, uh, and I can tell over the years, hundreds of people and hundreds of new churches, hundreds that, Pastor, you know, the last six years, you've been in front of over 114,000 pastors around the world. 114,000 pastors have been infused with faith to be believe God, they're miracle workers in their own churches. Think about that. So we, uh, what we're trying to do, what I'm trying to do is duplicate Pastor Dosik and so many people because we know God's not a respecter of persons, right? What he does for one, he'll do for every the people. So when we go in there, we have the privilege of encouraging them and demonstrating the miraculous. Now we tell them, listen, you can do this too. Do it. Yep. And Pastor will literally have him come forward and begin demonstrating. But that's what we're trying to do around the world. But I believe the quicker we get these, these men of God raised up, Pastor, the quicker we get Jesus coming back and we all can get out yeah. of here and enjoy our reward in heaven someday. So, And uh, we have men and women that are out preaching that haven't seen our church for three years. Right. And they're out there, and they're doing 18, 19, 20 countries a year. Amen. And, uh, you know, we have a, like a Sherry uh, Ballard. She's out there, and uh, she's the only white woman on the poster. And, uh, buddy, she's shaking it. And, uh, you know, Ben and uh, uh, Hannah, uh, but we have men all over. They're going all over the world, aren't they, Eric? Yeah, they are, Pastor. And that's, again, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to raise up sons of the faith. And you guys know Kim, uh, Kim Norris, you know Matt Nichols, I think, fairly well. Both those guys are seeing hundreds of thousands of people come to Christ. And they really, you know, we're not doing this to tap Pastor on the back, but we're saying it because, you know what, church, if we can raise up an army, that will go out and be bold yeah. to go and preach this gospel in the nations. Uh, places that many people run away from, we run into. Yeah. You know, uh, some of those places we go, I just, I know the Holy Ghost is around us and the Lord helps us to keep us safe. But uh, there are times in which, you know, the Bible says watch and pray. And Pastor might call me to close my eyes as he's praying a prayer. I'll, I, I don't close my eyes, I must admit, I'm, I'm watching and I'm praying at the same time because there's other people out there that might have, not have the best intentions, so. Yes, yep, absolutely. But uh, it is a great honor from all the partners it is. that help us go. Uh, each one of those souls are going to be accredited. Amen. And, and, and I talked to Pastor, just so you, and I'll stop talking here, but I talked to a handful of people personally, and I know many gave very strongly. And, I, you know, I just want to say on behalf of Pastor, I think I thanked you already, but thank you for what you're doing because yes. those gifts is going to go a long way. And uh, helping us win, literally, I think, hundreds of thousands of Pakistan yeah. in 2023. Yeah. And uh, we have seen just literally thousands of churches pop up. Uh, you know, from a handful of people, uh, they will increase to a 1,000 people the next year we go back. And men are still out on the streets preaching in megaphones oh, and uh, all kinds of stuff. So it's... a uh, it is a worthy work Amen. that uh, we're, we are doing. Some people say, well, we, I don't believe in mass evangelism. Well, that's probably why you're not going. I believe that when a man...
praise the prayer that the work is done. Amen. I believe that. Amen. So, praise God. Thank you a whole lot, Eric. And uh, I want to thank everybody that was, uh, you know, was here on Saturday morning. Uh, I had it. Put it on Facebook. I will be there. And guess what? I slept right on through my wake-up call. And so I didn't get here. <coughs> but uh, we had a great turnout. We want to thank you. Uh, there was a lady that came up to me, Tom and Vanessa, that came up to me before the service and said, we want to thank the people that prayed. Uh, Vanessa was rushed to a hospital. They thought she had a stroke. They couldn't find out what was going on. They took her to another hospital, and they discovered that she had a virus uh, that was uh, really simulating a stroke, and they got the virus taken care of, and Tom and Vanessa is with us today, uh, and they just wanted to thank for all the people that are praying. So, uh, praise God. So, hallelujah. And I do so thank the worship team. Amen. I, uh, I am I'm just blessed by them. Hallelujah. And I hope that you are too. Uh, you might not like some of the looks and all that kind of stuff, but that's okay. We aren't here to judge the outward per appearance. We are kind of like the God nature that we just look at the heart. And uh, so uh, it doesn't much matter. Uh, a lot of people would have been mad at Isaiah for laying uh, in the middle of the four crossroads buck naked with uh, dung all over him. You probably wouldn't attended his church, but he, he was a prophet of God. And, uh, you know, you start looking at outward appearance, you're liable to have somebody looking at yours. We are happy for the gifts that come forth. And uh, we really aren't concerned whether, you know, they're bald. We don't care if they got long hair. I don't, you know, we have no such customs. So why do we argue about them? You know? All right. So let's go to Ecclesiastes, the fourth chapter, and uh, praise God. Ecclesiastes, the fourth chapter, we are talking about the uh, three-woven cord that is not easily broken. And uh, this three-woven cord consists of prayer, consists of fasting, and consists of the word that we're going to talk about today. And in verse 12, and it says, And if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly or easily broken. And we see that it moves us into a realm of fullness of our faith, according to uh, Mark, the ninth chapter, where Jesus said, This kind comes not out but by prayer and fasting. And he was the living word that was there. So the word of God, this right here, must never be approached like a book. It is not a bestseller by uh, Charles Stanley. It's not a bestseller by uh, T.D. Jakes. It's far better than that. There's 
is an opportunity or an attempt to tell you what God is saying in his word. But this right here, this book, I believe every word in it. I do not believe it contradicts itself. I do not believe that it's just a place that you have to decipher. I believe that what God said, he said what he said, he meant. That's what I believe. And I'm not going to allow others erode my faith because this is the Holy Scripture. This Scripture was given to us, 2 Peter 1:17 down through 20. It says that men spake as the Holy Ghost gave them utterance. Now the argument is always is, well, it was written by men. I know that, but you believe everything else that's written by man, you think you'd have enough a little common sense to believe this. It is the best-selling book in the world ever since it's been written. It is the most powerful book. It is the most righteous book, and it is the most book of confirmation of truth and lives that any other book has ever revealed. It is a book of God's promises to you. They are yea and amen. This book is not a respect of persons. What you read out of it, as much faith as you put in it, you will get results out of it. It is the voice of the Old Testament prophets. It is the voice of the New Testament apostles. It is the voice of God himself. This is the word of God. It is the law of God. It is the word of God. It is the directive for all mankind. There's no other place for you to seek the direction of your existence except out of this book. It will tell you who you are, where you are, and what you've done, and how to get free from it. It is the word of Christ, it is the word of life, and it is the word of grace. Jesus said, I come to give you life and to give it to you more abundantly. Now, that is his purpose. The Bible says that we are to humble ourselves and live, live, live by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And of course, we have declared ourselves wiser than God, so we'll go to the horoscopes, we'll go to self-help books, we'll go to books that other men have written, but you'll never be any more than what they have the power to make you. This word will make you what God said you are. Could again, amen. It requires only one thing, one thing from you as a believer, and that is faith. If you do not mix faith with it, it will be a book of vowels, adjectives, nouns, but it will never be a book of life. When you pick up this book, 
treated with the most reverent, most honor that you can possibly muster up. Amen? Don't let it get thrown in the back seat, bent pages, torn covers, and then you pick it up because somebody's coming to your house. Don't use it as a coffee holder. Don't use it as a plate holder. Make sure that you treat it like it is the voice of God. Now, this book is not a respect of persons. If you mix faith with it, it will work. If you don't mix faith with it, it won't work. All failure is not put upon God. All failure is found in the faithlessness of man. Amen? Hallelujah. So we understand that it is inspired of men. Second Samuel said that God's tongue came into my tongue and I spake for the Lord. And it's inspired and we believe in that. Don't ever question it. Amen? If it says um, fake leather, then you believe it's fake leather. If, you, if it says real leather, then praise God, you believe that it's real leather. Leather, Amen? All right. The Word of God reveals the end of all things. All things before they have ever happened. If you picked up a road map and it told you, go two miles up the road and turn to the right, you would obey that. You obey Siri. You obey, uh, what's that, a, a direction, um, whatever it's called. And uh, it tells you to go here, go there, go there. You can't trust that, but you put everything into it. And you just head down the road with faith in the voice of somebody that has programmed a computer to take you where they think you can get to your destination. One time I was in Florida taking Lincoln and Quentin a fishing. And, uh, of course, I took them fishing. I'm the only one caught anything, of course. But I, I came up to uh, this road, and I came up, and there's this block wall there. I backed up, followed my steps back out, got back out on the road, went around all the blocks and everything I went through. Lo and behold, I run right back into this wall. I called the bait store where I'm supposed to meet the guide, and I said, hey, I can't find you. I keep running into a brick wall. He said, we're on the other side of it. They built that when they built the condos. Yet you and I will put our faith in a program that somebody made up to make money, and the road and the highways of America are changing every day. I went to Michigan mushroom hunting one time with two guys I shouldn't have ever went with. I was up there, and all of a sudden, we stopped in the middle of the night, and I said, are we there? He said, no, the freeway just ended. I said, do what? I woke up, looked out, and sure enough, freeway end. Don't you think they should have told that to us 10 miles back? 
They didn't do that. But see, you and I will believe the word of men more than we will stand and have faith in a God that cannot lie and a God that is always faithful. Now, I know that you know all the things that the word of God is to you. I understand that. It's just my job to stir you up and to get you back to the place that you start investing your time and your faith in the book of life. Amen. Amen. So it reveals to us things that are not seen, but things that will be. It's kind of like a real simple one. You know that it says, given it shall be given. How many of you believe that? How many of you believe that? So that you will have all sufficiency in all things, like Brother Rick brought out today. But when we run into problems, we don't sow, we go to the bank. No, no, no problem. I'm not here to tell you that you're right or wrong. I'm just telling you that you keep following the old man. And you keep disconnecting yourselves from the word that God reveals to you where you are and the outcome of where you can end up with faith in God. It reveals to us eternity. It reveals to us that there is a heaven, and in Matthew, the fifth chapter, there is a hell. Oh, don't say that. I get afraid. Well, it would be to God that he'd scare it right out of you. That's what I hope. But we have to understand that this scripture right here cannot be replaced by any philosophical thoughts or newness of a, discover, a discovery of some secret way to success. There's only one way to success, and that's to put God first and keep faith in him. Amen? All right, so we realize that it shows us things that will come in the eternities as well as things that will come here and now. And so if God tells us to give, he tells you, given it shall be given. But I tried that doesn't mean that you try it. It means that you do it, and you don't stop doing it because God is faithful. Amen? So we want to make sure that the Word of God dominates us, dictates us, and that we believe what it's showing us. It is a mirror. It shows us things that will happen if we will incorporate faith in God. Now, if you don't believe that, I don't know if you can trust God for your salvation or not. I don't know. I don't know if you'll be able to resist the devil. I don't know. I don't know if you'll be able to stay out of sin. I don't know. If you take away one word of this Bible, in Revelation, the last verse, if you take away one word, God will take away 
your name from the book of life. That's a horrible thought. But God's not playing religious games like we do. We play with holy fire because we really don't believe it's holy. Now, God never lies, Hebrews 6 chapter. It is impossible for God to lie. It is impossible for God to lie. Psalms 89.34 says, God will not break his covenant nor alter anything that has went out of his mouth. So if God said it, how many of you know you can take it to the bank? I remember the day that I walked out of my job. God had been dealing with me and dealing with me, and I'm not telling you to do that because I don't know if he's telling you to do that. But he told me, and he said, I want you to quit your job today. I said, oh, okay. So I worked a couple hours, and finally I said, that's it. I'm done. And I took off my um, apron and all that kind of stuff and laid it down. I told the Baptist that was a sitting across from me. I said, that's it. I'm done. I'm going to quit and, and go preach the gospel. He said, oh, okay. About five minutes later, I come back. He said, what happened? That career was real short. I said, oh, man. I said, buddy, I, I have to provide for my family. He said, I understand. He said, hey, no problem. So about 10, 15 minutes later, it just wore on me. And I said, that's it. I'm quitting. He said, okay, I'll see you in just a moment. I walked toward that door and got to that door, and I could not walk through that door. Fear paralyzed me. Really, I didn't believe God. And so I went back, and he said, hey, you're back again, huh? I said, yep. So I did it again. I quit five times that day. But only on the last time did I answer the call of God. And I said in that moment, I said, if I cannot trust God to provide for me, then I am a weak-minded Christian. If I believe that he can take me to heaven, keep me from hell, and I don't believe that he can meet my needs, I'm a weak Christian. I wanted to pick and choose. That's not what God does. So I went home and told Phil, God told me to quit my job. She said, what are we going to do? I said, well, what I'm going to do is stay home. What you're going to do is look for another job tomorrow. <laughs> not really. My wife was always supportive of me. Hallelujah. And uh, 2 Timothy 3.16, can I have that on the, script, on the screen up here? This is what the Word of God is for us. No place else to go. It says all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness or doing things the right way. Second, uh, can I have the next verse? That the man of God may be perfect, 
Can you be perfect without the word? No. You are deeply dependent on it to change your imperfections. And then it says this, that though thoroughly furnished unto all good works, or we could say all kingdom works. Next verse. I charge thee therefore before God that the Lord Jesus Christ who shall judge the quick and the dead and that at his appearing and his kingdom, next verse, preach the word, be instant season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. That should tell you why the church is in the condition it's in. I have people say this, well, I see what it says, but I just don't believe it. Now, this is not sinners. It's Christians. You don't believe what? Well, I, I don't believe that. I don't think God wants me to do that or I have to do that. No, I don't guess you do. You don't have to do what the Word says, but the Word instructs you in all righteousness. When you walk in the path of righteousness, then unrighteousness has no rule. All right? Doctrine and teaching and instruction in the duties of man. Reproof means to call into account and to show a man his fault. Do you know that you do not know whether you're right or wrong without the Scripture? People say, well, I'm thinking about doing this. I wouldn't think about doing anything without the mind of God. Why would you want to do that? Does that mean that you are now a subcontractor to God? That you're going to do your own thing, yet if it turns out wrong, it's going to be his fault? No. No, absolutely not. Folks, in the world that we live in right now, we are self-indulgent, we are self-ordered, we are self-dictated, we are self-governed, but that's not what we are created for. We are to walk by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. The second thing that after reproof, it's correction. It means to restore to an upright state to improve one's life and character. And when you don't read the Scripture, then what happens is all of that transformation of the old man to the new man stops happening. Oh, but I, I know the scriptures. I know. You know Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and Romans, and Acts. I, I know. But this word is more than just a bunch of scriptures. This word is the mind of God. I'm not talking about just God's will not just God's voice, but what God met when he said it. Amen. 
You know, when you just use scriptures black and white without really having the intent and the mind of God to minister, to encourage, to exhort, to comfort, to lift up, to repair, and to love, if you are trying to prove your point of your revelation, you have missed the mind of God. You have missed the mind of God. Have you ever thought about divorce? We've been married two weeks, and so you probably have, but, but let's think of it like this. People say God hates divorce. He does. Then there's the other that take it to the extreme that divorce is sin. You divorce your, your spouse, you'll curse yourself. Where does that say that in the Bible? Now, I know some of you are getting hacked off right now. I, I'm asking you right now to prove to me the question that I just asked you with the Scripture. Because man did not invent divorce. He invented the need for divorce. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 24, I gave you the writing of divorce because of the hardness of your heart. Now, I know that Jesus said in the beginning it was not like that. But because of your fall and your neglect to live by the doctrine of God, to be reproved and to be corrected, I had to give you a writing of divorce. Why? What was God's thinking when you gave him a writing of divorce? That a man could put away his wife. Come on. That don't seem fair. You know what God's thought and intent of it was? That man would not live in a place of sin and be cursed, but live in a place of blessing. See, we think that divorce is, oh, it's just for fornication. That's not when... Divorce was instituted. Who told you that? Well, well I read. I, I know you read, but you should have read and really read. Because the Bible said that God gave divorce to man because of the hardness of his heart, the division, the hate, the despising, the neglect, the bitterness the wrath, the anger, the hurt. God can't let that flourish in man. I know you, oh my word, back you, you lost your mind. Tell me if I've lost it and said something is not in the Bible. But know this, half of our doctrine concerning such issues had been totally 
on the wrong side of the scale. God did not want a woman oppressed, depressed, abused, rejected, thrown down to a level of lower standard because of a man's hardness of heart. He found one unclean thing in her. Then the Bible says this. This will shock you. You know, you read uh, Matthew's 19th chapter. If a man marries, he commits adultery. Or if a woman remarries, she commits adultery. Well, the word adultery doesn't mean adultery there. It means apostasy. It means that they're forced into a place to go contrary to the faith that they have submitted themselves to. And if that wasn't true, as soon as the man and the woman got married, they'd have to be stoned to death. But then God says in Deuteronomy 24, if a man divorces his wife, she's free to go and marry another. You know, you ever thought about that woman at the well? Five husbands and the one you're shacking with now, you're not even. Was she guilty? Jesus didn't condemn her for that. He gave her facts. I, I, I can see your uh, doctrine things going. But they, they, they've told me, you have the Bible. You have to read. And God will reveal his thoughts and his intent behind every word. If not, you can even take the New Testament and make it so legalistic that it will kill. And then it says that she can go and marry another. And then if she divorces him, the restriction is you can't go back and marry the first one again. But it never said she couldn't marry another. Now, don't that just irk you? That God doesn't think like we think? Remember, he come to give us life and to give it to us more abundantly. But our traditions and our doctrines keep us from living the way that God wants us to live. You've heard me say I would never encourage a woman to go back into a house where there was physical abuse unless she was carrying a ball bat and a gun. And you say, oh, well, she just got to put up with it. Well, why don't you put up with it? I would never do that. I'd never have a woman take her children back into a home with pedophile uh, in it. I wouldn't do it. Well, well, I will. Oh, yeah. No, you can't. See, there are things what I'm trying to tell you is that the Scripture has the mind of God, not just the black and white, lifeless Scriptures without the mind of God. 
So we have to give place. When we read the scriptures, we have to think about the mind of God. God, what is your intention in saying this to me? Well, I give you the right to get a divorce, but I'm telling you and warning you before you run into that situation, don't let the hardness of heart take root. That's his intention. I know if T.D. Jakes was here, he'd be getting shouts. The Bible sets in in order moral standards so that you and boundaries that we may walk in the righteousness of God. In other words, in every situation, we are to express God's will, his voice, his nature through us, his body that he has purchased. And if we don't do that, then we're going to be falling short. Amen? Let's go to Hebrews 1. Hebrews 1.1. Hallelujah. I will tell you this, that God sent his word. Jesus said, I come to give you life and it more abundantly. God sent his word to heal and to free you from all of your destruction. So God wants to heal you and I. Do you know that a lot of things that we are harboring, the things that we are struggling with, the things that are getting us off course, things that are causing us to give the enemy strongholds, could really be healed if we would just spend time in it. Recognizing that you have problems doesn't solve them, but applying God's answer to it will resolve it. It says this, and God who at sundry times in diverse manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets. Remember we said that the word of God is a voice of the old prophets. Hath in these last days spoken unto us by his son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom he also made the worlds, who being in the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power. Somebody say, upholding all things. That means your identity, your victory, your success, your breakthrough, your transformation, your change from the old man to the new man is all being held up by the word of his power. In other words, in every word of God, there is enough power to accomplish it and to bring it to pass. And then it says this, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high, 
being made so much better than the angels as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. So we understand that God speaks to us by the prophets. We also included Ephesians 3, Ephesians 2.20, the apostles. But that that word has enough power to uphold everything that God said he would do. Sometimes people say, well, I don't know if this is the will of God or if that's the will of God. I always say this, let's look at the life of Jesus. There is no clearer voice that we have than when we look at Jesus God in the flesh. People say, well, well, God doesn't want to heal everybody. Find one person that Jesus didn't heal. Then I'll agree with you. Well, I knew sister so-and-so and she died. If I was you, I'd forget about her and move on. You can't change yesterday. And you don't even know what's going on. You do not know what's going on. I had a man, I went to his house to pray for him, and he said, now, Pastor, listen, don't pray for me to get healed. I said, well, why am I here? He said, I called you here to pray that this cancer that's eating me up, that I wouldn't have any more pain and that I could eat anything I want until I die. He said, but I'm telling you, I know myself. Every time God heals me, I go right back into sin. And he said, I've never been closer to God than I am right now. Now, see, we would say, well, you know, God doesn't know. heal everybody. So-and-so died. So-and-so might have wanted to die. You don't know. God knows more than we know. Could again, amen. amen. Hallelujah. God's voice is something that we must hear continually. It is different from the people that speak into our life and to try to get us into their camp, like 2 Corinthians 3.1 I am of this household, I'm of that household, I'm of this household, and I'm of that household. You know, when I first got saved, people, you say, well, well, brother, so-and-so said this, so-and-so said that. Well, you know what? I believe I agree with so-and-so. I just quit running around with those people. Why? They were just birds. They were just mimicking what somebody else said. They had never discovered faith on their own. This right here is the only place that faith will come. And if you're weak in faith, you will have compromise. If you're weak in faith, you'll have fear. If you're weak in faith, the old man will constantly be ruling you. If you're weak in faith, you will never ever take a stand for any time uh, endurance. You will cave in all the time. 
and you'll be tossed to and fro like a child by every wind of doctrine. Your salvation is yours. And I would ask you this. If you were God, would you let you in? If you were God and you had to live by the word of righteousness, would you let you in? Oh, yeah, buddy, I'm, I'm going. Well, as long as you've measured it out with fear and trembling, then that is your end. I would never take my eternity lackadaisically. I, I just wouldn't do it. And so the word of God must have the preeminence in our life, in our thinking, in our actions. It is thy word that hath cleansed me from my sins. I have hid thy word in my heart that I might not sin against thee. You know, sin is so easy to get used to when God's not shining the light on it. And so, this is the word of righteousness. I've cleansed my ways. Thy word is a lamp unto my path and a light unto my feet. How will a young man cleanse his ways? except by the word of God. It is up to us to put this word in us, to mix faith with it, and to see God's desired result in our life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sorry, I never got to where I really wanted to go, but you got enough in you that you understand every day, every day, every day. In him do we live and move and breathe and have our being. And any time that you don't embrace this on a daily basis, you will find yourself not breathing. You will find yourself decaying you will find yourself reverting back to who you were. Let us not go back, but let us push forward. Let us push forward. Now, I know I've broken all the rules of 30-minute messages, but I really don't care. You know, I mean, people can get up and go home when they want to go home, not like we lock the doors. Not like I went to Fred Price's one time and the lady got up and held her finger up. She had to pee. Soon she walked out that door. They unlocked it, let her out, and then locked it when she went out. Said, no re-entry, lady. You can't hold it during the service. Don't come. Now, he's trying to break cultural things. But white folks have just watched that culture and become it. Listen, the Word of God, how could you live without it? How could you live without it? How could you know God's will? 
unless he was speaking to you. Let the word of God speak to you. Put faith in it. Gosh, do I want to see more of God than I have ever seen in my life. I want to see more of God. I want to be the Peter of the Bible where my shadow touches people. That when people come in contact with me, they're transformed. Make a deposit in somebody, but you got to be full enough for them to be impacted by it. Let's stand to our feet. Father, oh Jesus, 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 I pronounce blessing God upon every family, upon every business, upon every individual. You said, God, who I blessed would be blessed. And I break the power of any curse that has tried to come up on you, any sin that has tried to take advantage over you, I break its power. And God, I loose the stirring of the Holy Ghost, that God, you will begin to raise up in us a standard of holiness, of morality, of purity. Draw the boundaries, God, that will keep us to your people, that we will be blameless, harmless, God, like children, Father, washed, washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, God, raise us up to be a voice. Raise us up to be bold. Raise us up to believe, to know, to be people of faith. And God, let us want more than anything to be like you. Let us not look in the mirror and see us and be satisfied. Let us see what the Word says to us and for us. And God, let us walk away and incorporate it into our life. Oh, Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, glorious God. Hallelujah. 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 As the world gets darker, some of you go, will go through times coming. I see them. They're up on your house. Nothing you can do about it. Everything's set into motion. But what you can do is to protect yourself by walking in love and faith. You are better than any attack of the devil. You are better than any pressure that the world can bring against you. And God is with you. Christ is in you for you to display who God is in your situation. It may seem impossible 
you'll think, God, the only way to remedy this is just by physical force. But I say to you, love will never fail. And faith will bring you through. Remember these words that I'm telling you. Remember these words. Some of you are getting ready to enter into situations that are not your fault. But I'm telling you, they're coming. Be strong. Be strong. Walk in love. Be strong in faith. And you shall see the salvation of the Lord. Hallelujah. God bless you, Father. We just loose blessing upon them. In Jesus Christ's mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you.